You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I am Brent Bergherm, your host for this episode, and joining me is Jeff Harmon. He's also the host of Photo Taco Podcast, and Jeff, it's so good to be on with you again. Yeah, good to be here, Brent. Yes, it's always good to to talk with my photo buddies, and this is going to be certainly, I think, a great show. We're going to talk about camera cleaning. We've had a few questions in the Facebook group about this idea of camera cleaning, and understandably, people are really nervous about this idea. Hopefully, we're going to demystify it a little bit. But I always like to start off the show by just simply asking, what have you been up to? So, Jeff, what have you been up to these days? Well, so, so much. It's uh, I, I live a crazy life, and I like it that way. I like being super busy. <laughs> I like being yeah. able to have tons to do. Um, I never am asking the question of, man, I'm bored. What should I be doing? <laughs> There's always I something doing. I, I like it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, th- one of the, the things that the listeners would be interested in would be the, the latest Photo Taco podcast episode. Here in October 2019, it's uh, one that I did on lens filters. So we've had a lot of questions too about lens filters in the Facebook groups, and so I decided to do a Photo Taco podcast where we talked about that, talk about what the different lens filters are, um, which ones photographers should be in, like of all abilities, all experience levels that should be in your bag, the ones you might be able to skip, save some money on, and not invest in. And, and uh, kind of the best value brands um, and, and what's over there. So you can go over to phototacopodcast.com and check that out. The other thing that I've, I've been working on is that we want to do a listener survey. And, you know, this was something we did a long time back. We did some, and this isn't a comprehensive one. I'm not, we're not asking for a bunch of feedback on the podcast in this particular survey. Maybe we'll do another one of those shortly. But I want to see... What our listeners, I, I have this impression that the vast majority of our listeners use Lightroom as their primary software for post-processing their photos, but I want to I validate that. I want to see what the distribution is. I don't want to have this be in like Twitter or Facebook because not everybody's on all of those. So we're going to create, I think we're going to use Google Docs and create a survey, very simple, just one question survey. I want to know what is the primary process post-processing software that you use so we can kind of get a pulse on on what the listeners uh, are using and uh, make sure that we're we're meeting the needs of the of the listeners and see if we need to go and like dive in a little bit more in some other software or if we're kind of on target which is my sense with Lightroom being a, a pretty major role in uh, in the podcast That'll be great. I know there's a lot of people that have been interested in on one and a few others, and we just want to know what you guys are interested in and what you're using. Uh, That'll be very interesting just for us, what you're using. So even if you're in that camp of, oh, I I use the Adobe products, well, tell us. Yeah, yeah. We want to know what the, as broad a spectrum as possible, what's going on there with what you use. And that link will be in the show notes. So all you have to do is click on that link and you'll be taken to that one question, like he said, where you just fill out the the basic idea. I use, you know, just tell us what you use. Uh, Maybe it's Lightroom, maybe it's On One, Capture One, Luminar. I know there's others that I'm missing, Affinity. Uh, (laughs) So there's lots of uh, opportunities out there for post-production. So yeah, that's that's awesome to, to put that up there, Jeff. 
Yep, that'll be fun. And I have been really busy with a lot of things too. I, when you said you know you like to keep things busy, I was like, oh yeah, that's so me as well. Uh, with wh- whether it's the the Latitude podcast, I recently just had two fantastic interviews. Uh, one with the photographer Ariel Estelin. He's from Canada, and then I just finished an interview today, which will be published uh, a couple of days ago now by the time this episode gets out, uh, with Frank Smith. He's an Olympus visionary, and it was just two fantastic conversations. So if you're interested in what other people are doing with their photography, this is those are good things. But I've also certainly, as you, you all know, I'm a teacher, and I've got two online courses actually at the university teaching WordPress, and then I have an in-person course teaching design and layout. And basically both those, all those classes have brand new assignments. And so it's just really keeping me on my toes and I'm already behind. We're only a couple of weeks, few weeks into it and I'm already behind, but I'll, I'll be catching up. Uh, hopefully this next week uh, should be all right, but it's a little bit crazy with all the content production, but you know, uh, we love it. And, uh, we thank you guys for being here and listening, uh, for this. And today we're talking about camera cleaning. So, Jeff, have you cleaned your own camera? And besides the exterior part with a quick wipe down, I'm talking about diving into the sensor itself. And have you done that yourself? <laughs> Absolutely. I I do everything I can to save myself money in my photography. Everything possible. I'll go to like pretty extreme lengths to try to make sure I save my money and invest it really, really wisely. I'm on a constant mission to figure out where, where's the, the best value yeah. for my investment for sure. And I, I think that resonates with a lot of listeners too. I think there's a ton of listeners that are in the same boat. They're like, man, I, I want to do this thing, but I'm just not sure. There's so many options. What do I do? And, and so I, I love being able to share that information too, as I go through this um, having the podcast and having the the broad listeners we do, I, I get exposed to things a little bit more broadly mm-hmm. than a lot of individuals can. So I'm, I'm really excited about that aspect and being able to share that with the listeners so that they can benefit from the bigger reach that we have because of the right. podcast. In this particular area, though, I, I think it's really simple. This is something that sounds horribly scary to people. Oh, I don't want to get in there and touch the sensor. That sensor is so important, and it is. Yeah. That sensor is critically important. That is the bulk of the cost when you buy a camera. That sensor is like a huge portion of the money that you've invested in that camera has to do with that sensor. So it, it is a, a really, really important thing to make sure it's protected and do everything we can to make it so that it's going to survive and last for a long, long time. But I think people, because of that, are too afraid of it and they don't need to be. So I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be able to convey that through the, the pot, this episode today and, and help people feel like they can do it because they can. Everybody listening, right. you can do this. You can totally clean your own equipment. It's not nearly as scary as you're imagining. The only thing I say is be careful, but if you're careful, you can totally do it. Absolutely. And, and things are going to come come through. And so that's part, you know, that's the whole purpose of what we're doing here. We want to go through very detailed and just hit these items one by one and kind of give you hopefully the, the knowledge and then the confidence that you can attack this yourself. Of course, there's a bunch of YouTube videos out there as well. But once you have, you know, these different approaches that you're seeing that different people take, 
then you're hopefully going to be really confident in your abilities to make this happen for yourself. What I would like to start out with is just a quick rundown of the basic materials that we use. There will also be another link in the show notes where I'm going to give you a PDF of these materials. And this actually comes from the presentation I gave at the Create Photography Retreat in Charleston, South Carolina a couple years ago. And so I'm going to use that. I have a little bit of a modification to make just to make it updated slightly, but otherwise I'll put that out there and you can just click on that link and download it directly. So let's start with the, the basic items. And I'm going to look at the external mode, I guess you can see. Yeah, I, I like to sw switch, um, change it up in my mind and just think, okay, I've got two modes. I'm cleaning the exterior of the camera and I'm going to clean the interior of the camera. And so I've got different materials that I'm going to use when I'm cleaning these items. So basic cloths is my first one. And what I like to do is just literally go to the Walmart automotive area and grab some really cheap microfiber cloths. It's, they're usually in a pack of three. It's something like $2, maybe $3 or something like that. But it is definitely for the exterior surfaces only. This is not for lenses or lens surfaces, I should say, you know, the glass lens surfaces. And I tend to not get too scrubby on the, uh, the camera, uh, the little screen for the camera. But this is just about, you know, your other, you know, your buttons, your knobs, your other body areas of your camera. Just for that only. And, and it does really good for, you know, wiping your brow too, if, if you needed to um, wipe your brow for any reason. And then the next item is a camel hair or other soft bristle brush. And this is great for cleaning little particulate debris pieces, either from the lens itself or other areas, you know, maybe on your filters that you needed to clean. It's great for getting dirt from around the lens mount because sometimes the cloth just can't reach into those areas mm, around the yeah. lens mount. And we want to make sure that's as clear and, and clean as possible. And these are probably only available at uh, camera shops or art supply shops, those kinds of places, uh, where we're getting something that is not just your standard brush. This is something that's made for dealing with cameras, something that's made for dealing with you know, sensitive objects. But again, this is not something I would stick into my, into my sensor chamber just yet. We're only talking exterior items. Do you have both these items, Jeff, or do you have anything that kind of goes along with what these items are? Yeah, you know, for, for cleaning the exterior, I like, uh, in Walmart, they have these things too. You, you mentioned go to the automotive section. It's not, let's see, I, I think I just run into it like in, random spots <laughs> yeah they do have them just Walmart. about anywhere really they they have though some uh boy i can't remember the name of them maybe I, I can look it up real quick but there's a there's a like a it's it's a like a wet nap kind of thing okay yeah. really you know it, and it's it's made for cleaning glass it's what sure that's what it's designed for so it's designed to make us so i think it's zeiss i think it's a zeiss cleaning cloth or cleaning swab kind of thing uh, super cheap. They are really, really inexpensive. You buy them, I think it's a pack of like 50 or something. Yep. And um, and then they're designed to not streak. So like LCD screen, all that. But then the rest of the body too. Uh, I like those. I, I have a, a few of those in my bag all the time and uh, so that I can I can clean them off. What I don't have is the camel hair brush that, that you mentioned. And I can I, I agree with you. You you have these little uh, indentations in yeah. the around the, the mount of the where between the lens and the, the body 
and you can get stuff in there and it's it's really hard to get that out without it i haven't struggled with it myself but i've seen other photographers that like they can't get the communication to happen between the lens and the and the body because there's just a little tiny bit of dirt there between <laughs> yeah. those things and that that can be a challenge so that's it's a good suggestion now the reason i mentioned this one really for myself this is actually a holdover from when i shot film because i would brush the film off literally with this ah, gotcha. brush so if you get the next one of the next items on my list is a lens pen that actually has a brush integrated with it. So you could use that instead of the camel hair brush. So that's why I said camel hair or other soft, you know, brush type item that just is you're going to be able to sweep those items away. But the, the bristles themselves, you won't risk scratching the sensitive surfaces like the glass on their lens or what have you. But a lens pen, they just have a standard, you know, soft bristle brush. And that works too. Yeah, yeah. And then and you have one of those. Yep. Yeah, lens pens are great because you can also have on the, the business end of the lens pen, that's not the brush, that's a little kind of a smudge stick kind of an item. And it's got some kind of activated uh, solution or compound or something on there. When you click the, lens, the, the cap onto it and you twist it a little bit, it cleans it off and resets it. And then you can go and attack your lenses takes off all sorts of smudges and all sorts of junk and all just really good for cleaning the surfaces of your lenses and your filters. I know for my polarizer filters, when I'm using those and I'll get a little bit of fog or I get a little bit of uh, just something that doesn't necessarily come off really easy or maybe, you know, I'll swipe it with a, mi a standard microfiber cloth. That's the other kind of item I wanted to mention is just, you know, if you go to the glasses area, the optical area at Walmart or Target or whatever, they'll have these standard microfiber cloths. And that's what I would use on my lenses. But if there's still a smudge that those things can't get off, the lens pen just takes it away and is, is beautiful for that. The, right. the next item is a cleaning solution. Now, if you use the item that Jeff suggested, where it's these little uh, little wipes where you just you know tear it out of a little packet and you pull it out and you wipe it and then they're disposable. Those are perfect. Uh, definitely have some of those too. Um, wasn't planning on mentioning those, but those are those should have been on the list. But really, just uh, the one I have pictured here in my PDF is actually a Zeiss branded liquid as well. Ah, so those are also available at Walmart or any other optics uh, you know place where you get your you know, standard glasses. For so I just edition. looked up the ones that I'm using there. Um, I, I'm going to get you a link on Amazon, but it, it is Zeiss. Um, it's, it's a pack of 200 and on Amazon for two of those. So it's 400 total Ooh. for $14. <laughs> That'll last you forever. <laughs> It'll last. Well, sort of, they, Almost. they, because they're, they're the, the liquid is kind of alcohol based and that makes yeah. it so that it, it won't streak. Um, they don't last forever. So even even if you don't use them, they, I've I've had them in my bag long enough. Some of them that when I open, I'm like, oh, it's all dried out. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone. It's totally evaporated. So you do have to kind of use them. And and uh, me, I don't know if you, I I looked did a quick look here. I don't think on Amazon you can get them in, in any smaller packages. I I would probably get them smaller. I would I don't want 400 of these at once. But yeah. Um. But at Walmart, I think it is maybe 50. If I remember right, I think you're right. Yeah, and they just usually, I just, as I'm walking around Walmart, sometimes I'll just see like a bin sitting there in the middle of one of the aisles that has just a, a whole ton of these 50, I think it's 50 in a pack, and they're great. So Zeiss Lens Wipes is what it's called, and, and I love it. That it pre-moistened, don't have to deal with like an extra container for the, the liquid to, to put on there. It's great. Yeah, and if you've got this little bottle 
in your, you know, in your bag, you always run the risk of it breaking open, you know? Yeah. So when you're on the road, those little things are just perfect. Uh, these items I would just have in my office and when I need to clean it, when I'm in the office, that's fine. But yeah, definitely take those on the road with you. Way more convenient when you're on the road. Yeah. Let's transition now to the interior cleaning tools. And it's time to look at the items, anything that's below that lens mount or on the inside of that lens mount. So whether you're talking about the lens contacts or anything else along those lines, once you're inside the lens mount, that's what we're talking about. So the first item is a bulb or a rocket blower. These come in many shapes and sizes, and some also have an anti-static feature where they, I guess they remove the static from the air that they blow or something like that. Have you ever tested that out, Jeff, an anti-static versus a standard blower uh, to see if it really makes any difference? I'm not convinced there's any difference. <laughs> I'm not buying it either. I don't know that that's going to be a big deal. Maybe someone can correct us if they know like scientifically that that's yeah. actually true, but I just can't imagine how the blower itself is yeah. going to do a good job of reducing static electricity. Yeah. Uh, and but, yeah. the other thing about that, the one I have used anyway, it kind of restricts the flow of the air. So I have to squeeze that sucker real hard in order to get the amount of air that I need flowing out of it. And then it takes forever for it to fill back up because there's some kind of mechanism where it's, you know, de-statisfying or whatever you want to call it, taking the static electricity out. I'm just not convinced it's valuable. What I want is I want to be able to have that rocket blower. I can squeeze it like all anything and it just rockets that air into there and, and pushes that dust out. And so okay, just a standard so one is what you need. I think the one that I'm using, you'll be more happy with then. It's, it's Giotto's. Yeah. G-I-O-T-T-O-S. Yeah. Uh, rocket blower. It's super simple to squeeze. I, it, and it does a really good job of giving you a nice blast of air. Yep. It's a, uh, it's like, $16 on Amazon. So. And, and that's the one I have pictured in oh, my PDF. So oh, okay. yeah, All right. definitely. That's, that's not the one you've been using though. Um, I have, I have both of them. So no. I definitely use the, uh, that this one, I don't use that other one because it's just, okay. it's annoying and to... I, it, I, I want it to go and get all that air out <laughs> right quick. Right, right. All right. So then there's these items called focus screen swabs. So on, if you have a DSLR, you've got this focus screen. You've got both the mirror and the focus screen, and these focus screen swabs can do a pretty good job of cleaning either, whether it's the mirror or this or this focus screen. Basically, they're this little uh, device. It looks like a little wand of sorts, and it has a little fabric tip at the end, and it you know spreads out so you can have you know some surface that's touching it. But then it has a little bit of a lip at the very end, so it's a little easier to get it directly on the focus screen itself because you have to come in at such an angle to the focus screen. It's nice that it has that little shovel-tipped sort of end that you can, you can get it in there. And this is really only going to be good for while you're... Let's say you were to take the lens off your camera and then you put it, the, the eyepiece up to your, to your eye and you look through. If you see dust there it's on the focusing screen. So if you then can see it and you know pretty much generally where it is, you can then target where you're going with that. Another thing about that though, and maybe I should talk about this when we're actually in the cleaning part, but anyway, another thing about that though, that focusing screen is a Fresnel lens. And so it has little grooves and those dust particles can actually get caught in those grooves. And it can be a little bit of a challenge to get those things out. So uh, 
be careful with that because you don't want to damage your focus screen, which would be, I think, hard to do. It's pretty robust. But sometimes I've looked at it and I'm just like, I'm going to leave it. I've scraped it a couple, three times. It's not budging. So I then just don't worry about it. Uh The next item on the list is what we call a sensor scope. And I think that's actually an actual name if you were to type that in. But really, I don't care about the brand name on this so much. The thing that you really need to think about when you're getting a sensor scope is if it's right for your camera. Because with the mirrorless cameras, we have a different flange distance between the lens mount and the and the sensor. And so with the DSLRs, we have a, a higher or a greater amount of, of uh, flange. And so these things are geared towards whatever your DSLR or mirrorless. So when I've cleaned a mirrorless, because I don't have a sensor scope, that is geared towards that i literally have to hold it up off the camera so i can see the sensor itself in focus and it just gives us a nice a nice view of what that what's on that sensor and i will post a picture in the facebook group and i'll try and remember to put it in the show notes as well on the website so you can see uh, what basically what i'm seeing i I took a macro shot of my dirty sensor and (laughs) it's just like oh look at all that dust it's terrible but then you can understand, you have a visual of what you should be looking for. And so that's going to be the value for you there. Perfect. The next item is what we call Sensor Clear. That's K-L-E-A-R. Sensor Clear by Lens Pen. This is something that I think is brilliant. It has a little bit of an articulating tip, so you can angle it just a little bit. It's a nice small tip. It's basically the same type of item as a standard lens pen, only it's geared towards being used on your sensor. And it does a pretty good job. And we'll get into the details of that when we talk about the actual process of cleaning. The next item is what we call a sensor brush. And so we either have an electric brush or an electronic brush, which helps actually create a little bit of static electricity, but also whips the dust off. Or you can just use a manual brush. And the price difference between those is pretty incredible. So if you want to save money, (laughs) get the manual brush. Yeah, I'm not using the electric brush. <laughs> yeah, they're they're it's like a hundred and some bucks, and all it does is you flip a switch and it goes it spins it back and oh spins it okay and and it'll basically the idea is it flicks the dust off and it causes you know a little bit of air to go through the bristles, uh, creating a little bit of uh, static electricity. Which the idea is when you stick it back into the chamber, it will lift the dust off and it will stick to naturally the the bristles. It works brilliantly. I just think we don't need to spend 150 some dollars. Well, not 150, like 110, something like that. On the flip side, I've used the cheap ones and the bristles of those cheap ones are not worth it. They made it worse. So the ones that are a little more expensive are good or the manual brush and save yourself some money. All right. The final item would be the sensor cleaning fluid. And actually, I've got sensor swabs there. I, I skipped that. I, so I said final item, but there's, I guess you could say they go in, hand in hand. Uh, the sensor swab is really similar to the focus screen swab, only it's geared towards your sensor. And basically, it's like a mop for your sensor. If you wanted to just you know boil it down, that's ba- pretty much what it is. So you have this sensor cleaning fluid that goes along with it, and then you would just put it in there. You swipe it across, and it's basically like a mop for it. Now, the sensor swabs, they are sized for your sensor. So if you have a full frame, make sure you get the full frame. If you have the the crop sensor, make sure you get the crop sensor and so on there. 
what brand is it you're recommending there? So I usually use Visible Dust items, but I have used, they have some prepackaged ones by a different brand. I know Delkin Devices make some, and I've used those. Those are fine. Uh, there's another brand is escaping me at the moment uh, that are just fine. They're in these little foil packets, and so they're individually wrapped that way, and they, they work beautifully. The, there's another one that has basically the tip has been like a little bit of a sponge. I don't really care for those mm-hmm. because those just, I don't know, for some reason the sponge idea scares me a little bit too much. The, the cloth, the, the anti-lint or the, you know, the, the no-lint cloth that's wrapped around these other swabs tend to work really well. I like the green ones only because I like the green fluid, uh, the green um, capped fluid. The fluid itself is clear. But Visible Dust offers two different options, actually three different options. I either get the the blue cap or the green cap. Uh, the blue cap is flammable, and the airlines don't like you flying with it because it's a <laughs> it's a good amount of fluid if it's a full bottle. And so, actually, I've had better luck anyway with the green fluid. Uh, it doesn't have alcohol in it, but it dries really nice. Uh, and I don't usually have smears on it. So when, when I swipe it across, but sometimes I do. And now it's time to get into the cleaning process where we're going to talk all about the details of what happens back and forth and all like that. Hey there guys. It's your buddy Connor. I know it has been quite a while since I've been on the show, but that's because I have been ridiculously, ridiculously busy as of recent. And one thing that I've been using to kind of help me out in my scheduling my day-to-day life is a system that I want to tell you guys about. So meet the scheduling assistant that works 24 seven behind the scenes to fill your calendar from the moment clients book with you. Acuity is there to automatically send confirmations, deliver text reminders and process payments. So you never have to ask your clients what time works for you again because with acuity clients can quickly view in real time your availability self-book their own appointments and reschedule with a click then acuity will automatically update the calendars that you have whether that be google outlook icloud or office 365 to keep your entire life in sync so all you need to do is show up at your studio or location at the right time so acuity even asks the clients to fill out an intake form, which is customizable for you to put in the information that you need to be able to best serve them. And they don't do that all automatically. With the ability to manage multiple locations and employees, class bookings, private sessions, add-on sales, and recurring subscriptions, Acuity can adapt to any business. So you can save yourself from the day-to-day drudgery of keeping up with clients in your busy schedule with Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free. No credit card required. Just go to acuityscheduling.com slash MPP. That's A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com slash MPP for 45 days free. Let me tell you guys, I really do use this in my day-to-day life, and it has saved me so much time. It's a service that I highly recommend to anybody that is looking to automate their system and just send clients to you whenever they land on your website. It's a fantastic piece, and there's a reason that I'm the one that's here doing this advertisement because I have real hands-on experience, and it really is something that I stand by. So one more time, I'm going to say that's acuityscheduling.com slash MPP for a 45-day free trial. So now let's talk about the cleaning process. And this is where we're going to look at the thought process behind using all of these tools. So what, what do you say, Jeff? The first step, uh, wiping the exterior to get it cleaned up. How, how do you 
maybe I should ask, how do you go about that? Or is there any particular way that, uh, any particular items that you're thinking of, make sure you do this or whatever? Or is it just like, who cares? It's just the exterior. Yeah, the, the exterior is pretty tough, at least with the cameras that I've been using. So I'm, I have most experience with, with Canon bodies and they're built like tanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, mostly it's like the, the LCD screen. Um, sometimes I want to clean that. It's got fingerprints all over it from, from me putting my fingers on, especially on the, I have the Canon ADD that's a touchscreen. So of course it's going to get fingerprints all over it. So that's, that's usually what I need to clean, but I'm not in extreme shooting situations very frequently. So my, my cameras don't get the outside <laughs> doesn't get all that dirty all the time. Occasionally, I, sometimes I, I will do go like a portrait shoot with a family and, and they had like some place that's meaningful to them where I go meet them and we shoot and, and the wind kicks up and it, it, I've had to shoot like, you know, destroyed because it just got so windy. Like, okay, we can't stay out here anymore. Let's, let's uh, reschedule. And, uh, and so y- it increases the chance that you're going to have, uh, you know, stuff to clean off on your camera. But yeah, I haven't been overly worried about it. I, I think actually the biggest thing I've, I've had get on it was like sunscreen. I've put sunscreen on and then, you know, holding the camera and I take a look and like, oh boy, it's looking really white here where <laughs> sunscreen came off my hands onto the camera. And I, yeah. so again, just the Zeiss wipes, I just use that and, and wipe it off. So yeah, really the outside hasn't been a big deal to me. I, I can even handle it being a little bit dirty other than the LCD screen and the Zeiss wipes just take care of that too. So that's, yeah, a little bit different for me. Um, you know, I think whether I'm out at the ocean and you get the oh, yeah. the, the air, <laughs> the, just oh, the, yeah, the ocean breeze yep. and, you know, going up in the mountains or, or wherever else along a river, et cetera, uh, trying to get down low and the things get splashed on it. So, yeah, it can definitely get pretty dirty. I, most of my experience is with the Canon as well. Uh, the 5D Mark IV is still my primary camera. I'm in a very slow transition to the trying to uh, shoot more with a Sony a6400. But with that Canon, there's lots of, especially on the front end, you know, around the grip and the places like that, there's just lots oh, of yeah. little nicks and crannies where things can get hidden and, and whatnot. So I'll take some of that standard cleaner if, I, if I'm going the route with a standard uh, spray cleaner and I don't have those ice wipes on me. I'll c- spray the, the cloth itself and then I'll wipe down the lens or, you know, the, the barrel of the lens, the, the body of the camera, and just give it a nice quick uh, two or three wipes, you know, all around. And it starts to look almost brand new, which is really sweet. Once I've got all that debris moved from the body and the barrel of the lens, then it's time to go and take a look at, are there any dust on the actual pieces of the lens? You know, the front element, maybe you took the filter off and, and you've got the front element exposed or you've got the filter you've got to clean. And even I would say take off that lens and look at, that rear element because certainly as you're changing lenses you might get some dust or some smudges on that rear element as well and this is can be extra cantankerous or extra tricky when you're dealing with a zoom lens because that rear element can move and it might be way inside the body so just turn that zoom ring and get it as close to you as possible so it's easier to clean and i would only use a standard microfiber cloth for cleaning those those uh, front or rear elements uh, or the the lens pen as well that would be a great uh, item if you had some actual smudges use those lens pen items to clear to clean off those front or rear elements of the lens 
And that even for me, when I'm not in extreme shooting, I'm not in the, near the ocean. I'm not out in the the like sand desert areas most of the time. Occasionally, there are some spots here in Utah, sure, where there's some pretty sandy, deserty areas that I have shot in. Um, but because I'm not around those a ton, I don't like I said, the camera body itself doesn't get very dirty, but the lens absolutely does, and filters in particular. I just talked about on the Photo Taco podcast the the lens filters. I've uh, been putting through the, that through the paces a lot lately. I've really been enjoying it. The fall colors here in Utah, so I've been out with the uh, circular polarizer lens to try to bring that color out in the in the fall color shooting. And um, you know, a single day in non-extreme, like it's not raining, it's not super windy, non-extreme shooting situations, and that filter is really dirty. <laughs> yep, it's got. I, I'm taking it on and off for different shooting situations, or in the case of the polarizer, I need to get the polarizer in just the right position so that it'll, it'll produce what I want from the image. You have to rotate that around and uh, it means I get fingerprints on it and it's, it's very dirty. So yeah, again, I just having those nice wipes was uh, a lifesaver. I was really glad I had those in the bag to, to use on the filter. Yeah, you bet. And so after that, you know, the exterior is cleaned. We cleaned the, the front elements and the rear element of the lens. We've taken it off uh, the, the lens off the camera and now it's time to go inside the camera itself. And this is where I, I want to, you know, rearticulate cleaning that lens mount with a brush, whether it's on that lens pen or any other soft brush you have, is just a really good idea because as you're moving it around and things are flopping this way and that and whatever else as you're trying to get different angles, if you've got dust there, it's probably going to find a way inside the chamber. And what we want is to get it out of the chamber. So be careful about that and get that done before you remove the lens, basically, is the tip there. So when it comes down to inside the camera, if you've got a DSLR, I'll definitely clean the mirror box first. I won't even worry about the sensor just yet. So the mirror box is that whole area where it has the mirror that flops up, that, that folds up and gets out of the way. I'll even push that a little bit out of the way manually and see if there's anything underneath on the shutter curtain itself. And if there is, I'll do what I can to gently remove it. Usually, though, that air blower really does a good job. So I'll just hold it upside down. And so it's facing the ground. And then I'll take that air blower and just give it all it's got and clean out the just hopefully those things are loose. The dust particles are loose and it'll just come out and it'll fall to the ground that way. Uh, then it comes to cleaning the focusing screen. So I talked about that a little bit with the focus screen swabs. Many times, though, I'll just wrap a standard microfiber cloth, not the ones that you get in the automotive section, but, you know, the ones that you get in the optical section. I'll wrap that around my pinky finger. And if it's on a full frame anyway, it's usually the, the mirror box is usually big enough. I can smudge it around there and, and clean out what I need to. But if I'm on a smaller camera that's still a DSLR style, sometimes I might have to wrap that around a smaller stick or something like that, like maybe the handle of one of these uh, sensor swabs or something like that. Okay, now before we go further here, this is you're getting into the area where some of the listeners are going to be like, I just don't want to touch this stuff inside of here. Yeah. I'm so worried about it. For a DSLR, when you take the lens off, by default, so first off, just hygiene-wise, let's talk about how to uh, limit what kind of dust and stuff's going to get in there. Um. Never want to leave the camera on when you take the lens off. And it's not because it's going to screw up the lens or the camera. It's because now uh, if, if you have the camera on, 
there's there's some electrostatic charge that's in there. That sensor's still active, and it's it's charged up, and it attracts dust. So when you take the lens off, that dust can get pulled in there way more than uh, than it, it's with the lens cup on there because it's covering that hole. Right. Right. So uh, hygiene wise, making sure you turn your camera off and give it a couple seconds. Don't don't like flip the switch and immediately take the lens off. Give it a couple seconds. Make sure everything is all shut down. Then take the lens off. And then Brent, does, do you think it makes a difference to to have the the body? I've I've heard this advice, so I've followed it my my whole time doing photography. Uh, I haven't tested to see if it really matters, but holding it down so that you you limit how much of the dust might be you know, actually falling in there into the body. Do you think that matters? I think for, especially for beginners, that's certainly a best practices type thing to get into. But it, when you're going to look into it, especially when you're dealing with a sensor, we're going to totally go against everything we just said. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. When you're cleaning. But, so what, But in, in the process of shooting to oh, try yeah, to yeah. limit the dust from getting in there, that's, would I, that be your, your best recommendation? Uh, yes. Now, d- does that mean I turn off my camera? No, I, I always just <laughs> switch it out really quick. I But I do always hold it down. Absolutely. So when I'm out in the field, I'm almost always pointing that thing down. It's a very conscious effort. I'll hold it straight across as I twist it and, and release it immediately before I literally you know pull the two items apart, the lens from the, the camera body, it goes down and it faces down. So then the right. lens, the back of the lens is facing up. And so that is definitely something while you're out shooting, do yourself a favor and do it that way because it's dusty out there and gravity is a thing and right. we don't want to, we don't want to invite dirt into our, into our sensor chamber, into our mirror box. So, uh, so yeah, definitely do that while you're shooting, while you're cleaning, still do that in the initial phases of it. Right. But then we're going to have to go against that so we can actually inspect and look at things as well. Okay. So I want to dig in just for a second there too. You, you talk, okay. So now we're in the cleaning phase Yeah. and you're, you need to, for a DSLR, so mirrorless, you don't have this, this step. Right. But for a DSLR, just turn the camera off, take the lens off, put the body down on a, on a table or something. So you, cause you're going to need to have it supported while you're doing this yes and it, it's going to feel like a little mini operation yep <laughs> on your camera body and then the first step would be that mirror right because that it's down you you haven't yep. done what you need to to flip it up it's down and and you can clean it and that mirror is pretty tough i mean you certainly still want to be careful you don't want to be like poking it so much that you could try to break that mirror that would be really bad but right um, but it's pretty tough. So, you know, using whatever we've talked about, some of the products that you can get that help you to clean that. And and that's great. You mentioned, though, that you might try to just manually flip up that mirror a little bit to take a look at the shutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how I've never done that step. So is that is that mirror easy to flip up to do that? And, and or is there like take a lot of care if you're trying to manually lift that mirror up? So you want to make sure you're only grabbing the very tip of the mirror. And by grab, I mean, really, you're going to use the handle of one of these swabs or some other very clean and thin device that you can stick down in there and move it. I would not do this with my finger because you're going to leave a fingerprint on the mirror. And then it's just, you know, 
I don't know about you, but my fingers, compared to the opening of a camera, my fingers are pretty fat. So right. it would take up a lot of space and I wouldn't be able to see everything. So the only reason I like to do this is just a quick inspection underneath to see, do I have any dirt under there where I need to go ahead and do go even further further before I open up that, that shutter and get, you know, cleaning in that direction. So by just lifting it a little bit, maybe halfway, you're going to be able to get in there, maybe have your little flashlight get in there and just see usually it's clean but sometimes it's not the other thing you have to worry about too is at the bottom of that mirror box that's where most of the cameras have their autofocus sensors and so the mirror itself actually is a partially translucent mirror and so there's another mirror behind it that is reflecting downwards to the bottom of the mirror of the that whole chamber box that mirror chamber box and as you lift that mirror, the main mirror up, that tiny secondary mirror, now that one is, I would say, pretty delicate. That is going to come up into position as well, and it's going to want to come flat with the main mirror itself because it also has to get out of the way. Right. So it's not left, if that main mirror were all the way up and that secondary mirror didn't move, it would be in the way of the sensor and you still wouldn't get a good shot. So when you have that action of it moving, you're going to see this secondary smaller mirror in there and you're going to be like, oh, you know, I didn't expect that. And I'm just saying, watch out for it because you don't want to stick your thing way down in there and then you're damaging your mirror and, and your secondary mirror that, because if you do that, then your autofocus is messed up and you don't want to do that. Right. Okay. So I, I still want to encourage listeners, like you can totally do this. This is. <laughs> <laughs> don't be so afraid. We're talking about being careful, but that, I mean, you, you need to be careful in everything you're doing. You need to be yeah. careful with your lenses as you're handling them. You got to be careful with, with all of your equipment. You don't want to damage it, but it, it's also not something to be afraid of. Like you can do this, just be careful. That's, that's yes. all. And like so, you said, you're putting this on a table. You're slowing down. Yeah. This is yeah. not your normal process of running guns, shooting and all this kind of stuff. You're very purposeful. You're very methodical. Your mindset is just different. So, uh, yeah, I think most people for sure are going to be fine. Be careful. Maybe we should throw a legal thing in there. We're not going to take any responsibility for you messing up. <laughs> but <laughs> right. be careful about it and be gentle. And you're going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to be fine. Right. Yep. Give yourself some time. Don't do it five minutes before a shoot. No. <laughs> Especially if you've never done it before. Give nope. yourself some time so you can be careful and slow and go through it. Um, but but you can totally do this. This is not too hard. It's You can get there. <laughs> okay, so, so DSLR, we've talked about the mirrors and the focus box and, and cleaning those. Um, to this point, that only applies then to it. Now we need to get to the sensor on yeah. a DSLR. So we're, and, and this step also, well, it, we can talk about is it different from mirrorless in one second here, but how do we get to the sensor so that we can clean it? Because those mirrors need to be moved out of the way. Yep. And the shutter. So make sure, first off, you've got your battery at least mostly, if not fully charged. Because most cameras, they'll require between 50 and 70% charge before it'll even allow you to do this process. I've had a couple of people bring their cameras to me for cleaning. And they then they go away and I failed to check the battery and I can't do it because the battery wasn't charged. I was like, so I email them. Sorry, I need your charger or, you know, bring me a fresh battery. So it just delays the process. So mm -hmm. 
make sure it's charged. And then when you go into the menu items and you do a manual cleaning, because most of your cameras today too will be able to do uh, uh, an automated cleaning process where it kind of sends a little microwave shock into the thing. You know, it vibrates the, the sensor a little bit. And so that's supposed to shake any dust that's on the sensor off the sensor. And oftentimes there's actually an adhesive strip around the sensor so those pieces of dust will fall onto that adhesive strip and then they won't come back off and get back on the sensor again. Those work for loose pieces of dust, but they don't work for everything. So you want to do the right. manual cleaning. That's what we're talking about. So find that in your in your menu item. It's going to be buried into different locations depending on which system you're using. So it, it will then, you know, your, your lens is on. Everything is like normal, basically. You go into the cleaning mode, manual cleaning mode. It will then give you some kind of indication saying, okay, the mirror is going to lift up, the shutter is going to open, and then you can get at it. So you hit the button, you hit okay, and that's what happens. You hear the click going for the mirror going up and the shutter opening. You remove the lens, you place it back down on the table or hold it in your hand or whatever to do with your, your initial inspection. And, you know, cleaning, I, the longest I've ever had a cleaning last, I think was maybe a half an hour. Uh -huh. And it lasts the whole time, you know, when it's really dirty and really bad, um, boy, you're just going back and forth and you're doing everything you can to get this sucker clean. Uh, so about a half an hour is the worst I've had. And it's just totally been fine. It, it holds it open that long for you. And the other thing, of course, is it's not going to charge the sensor. It's going to leave that right. off. So you don't right. have the extra uh, static electricity going and holding that right. dust back on the sensor. But once you have that, you're open, you're done, and you're ready to dive in and get to it. So I, I wanted to just say right here that when I first did this, I remember this very clearly, it freaked me out just a little bit when I hit that button on the menu system because I have the camera has no lens, it's totally open, and it, it makes a pretty loud sound, yeah. flipping those mirrors out of the way and and then realizing that what I'm now looking at is the sensor. And I'd never seen the sensor before in my camera because this was the first time I'd ever been cleaning it. And, uh, you know, I felt a little bit more pressure right in that moment. So I just wanted to prepare anyone who hasn't done this before, like, just be ready. It's going to make a big sound. And when you turn it over, you're looking at the sensor, but it's okay. This it's designed for this to happen. Yep. This is, this is normal operating procedure. This is what every technician would do with your camera. Granted, they may be in a room that's conditioned better to be able to do this sort of thing where maybe they're controlling dust um, a, a little better, but I'm not sure. Maybe not. Um, and regardless, this is going to be just fine. As you go to work through it, you're going to be able to get things off of that sensor and it's, you're going to be able to do make leave it better than you found it. As long as you follow what, what we're talking about and, and you get some of these products, these tools, it doesn't have to be the ones that we're recommending. You can, whatever you choose is just fine. So don't feel like we're we're saying you have to go buy the ones that we're recommending. I just we want to offer some options to you to to help you be confident as you go into this process and, and that you can get it done. Now, if you have a mirrorless camera like the A6400 that I have started shooting a little bit, every time you change your lens, that sensor is exposed. And that's definitely where when you're in the act of shooting, it probably makes more sense to go ahead and turn it off just to kind of be a little extra careful so you're not attracting all, any extra dust in there with a with a charged or you know latent charge or leftover charge whatever the case might be uh, but when you're in the cleaning process you don't have all of that you just literally take it off and there's your sensor <laughs> 
and you don't have the depth that you have with a DSLR. So to me, I look at it like I'm extra nervous because it's right there and it would be so <laughs> easy to accidentally lick it or something with your <laughs> finger or whatever, you know, it's just like, holy cow, that sensor is so close to the lens mount. And you just get, you know, you want to be careful because that sensor is your preciousness. That is everything about what makes your camera, most everything about what makes your camera awesome as far as the image quality is concerned. But so I, I, I want to interject here. Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. Like I said, I got nervous that mm -hmm. first time when those mirrors finally moved out of the way and I'm looking at the sensor for the very first time, I got nervous just to give everyone, make them calm down and, and <laughs> confident. Uh, Jim Harmer, good friends of ours that, that used to come on this podcast a lot. He wanted to prove a point about how tough this stuff is. And so he, he got a, a, a older DSLR camera consumer level. I don't, it was like a T3i or some Canon cam or maybe it was an icon. I can't remember, but it was, it was a camera that if it ruined it, he wouldn't be out much. He, it was purposely, he got a hold of this camera because it was a sort of a, <laughs> throwaway camera for him and then he wanted to see what can he do and still recover from and so i know he did several experiments before the final one but the final experiment he did was he cracked an egg into the sensor <laughs> of the camera he cracked an egg in the body of the camera on top of the sensor uh, uh you know a fresh egg and um and then the challenge was can i recover from that can i clean it out after doing something as horrible as cracking an egg into the body. And it totally worked. He was able to get it all out of there and the camera was still able to function just fine. So it took that much abuse. And this was not a professional high-end camera. This was a very entry-level camera. Uh, you can, if you want to search for, on YouTube for like cracked egg in camera, I'm sure it'll, it'll come right up to you. You can see he videoed the whole thing. So it, it, they, they can take way more abuse. I mean, we still want to be careful. I definitely want to stress that we want to be careful with these things, but don't be so nervous to say to, about this that you don't try it because you can do this. You can totally make this happen. Yeah. I'll, if I can, I'll find the, uh, the link and I'll put that in the show notes too, because <laughs> right. that's just, when I first saw that, I was like, you crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Just, so that's Jim. Just, it's just beyond crazy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, though. Good stuff. And and the, the, the beauty of it is really, I think this kind of this kind of helps us understand, too, if you can do that with a that much liquid going into the whole chamber and it's still cleanable, that tells us something about the sensor that tells us the sensor is well protected. Oh, and, yeah. and that's one thing I wanted to actually go to when you just perfect segue into it. We have a piece of glass over that sensor and the imaging components are pretty much sealed in. And so what you're doing is you're literally cleaning the, the you know, it's like cleaning a glass floor, so to speak. Everything that's important is underneath though. And so you don't, you're not going to, you're not cleaning the microsites. You're not cleaning the actual imaging area. You're cleaning a piece of glass that's resting on top of it. And so it's completely smooth. It's, you know, you're still going to see a, a rainbow of stuff because you have that color filter array uh, when you're looking at it with your sensor scope, but right. it's, it's still, everything is smooth and, and ready to go for you. Perfect. All right. So the sensor's open. Now what do you do? 
All right. So the first step is to inspect it with that sensor loop or that sensor scope. The sensor scope is going to give you a magnified view of what's going on in there. And so you can take a look. Okay, there's my sensor. How beautiful is that? And then you're going to see these little, for me, most of the time, they're actually white, these little white specks. And you're going to be able to see where they're positioned. You're going to see how big they are. Sometimes this is really weird how this happens, but sometimes a hair gets in there and you can see where the hair is then. And so I'll just see where I need to concentrate my energy and where I need to concentrate my attention for all these cleaning items. And then what I'll do is I'll hold the camera upside down. I'll take that rocket blower and just go crazy with it, trying to just be as vigorous as possible, getting that air in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 bursts of air should do it. And then you flip it back over and you take a look at it again with a sensor scope item. Just ask yourself, are there any changes? Did, did that do any good? You know, or did these things move around? Did they, did they move out? You know, whatever the case is. Usually, most of them will move out because they're not like baked on there somehow. And so they're going to move it out. And again, I really want to emphasize, you pick the camera up, you hold it upside down, and then you attack it like crazy with the blower. And as just the act of squeezing causes that nozzle from the blower to just move around in different angles and different whatevers, you just want to be careful that you're not shoving that thing all the way up so it's literally touching the, the, um, the sensor itself. You don't want to jam it that far in. And if I were on a mirrorless, I would probably hold it a millimeter or two, maybe three away from the lens mount itself, just because that distance from the lens mount to the sensor is so shallow. If it's on a DSLR, I'll just try and hold it right at the lens mount or maybe slightly inside the lens mount, very slightly, somewhere around the lens mount area. And so with the Canon is something like 40, what was it? 40 millimeters of, of flange distance, uh, for, for the Canon, uh, don't quote me, but you know, it's somewhere in that <laughs> department. So you're, you're a good distance away from that sensor is my point. Sure. Yep. And once that's happened and you've inspected it and you still see more, that's where we increase it to the next level. And that next level is to use a sensor brush. I personally prefer the Arctic butterfly. I have one personally and I have one at the school and it is, a beautiful device in that it works so well, but it's really expensive. So if you want to save some money, I say get yourself on Amazon. There's a an item, uh, a manual sensor brush that's made in Germany, and it's like $20. And it works wonderfully for this. And what I found too is I just got the one that's for full frame sensors. No, I got the one that's, I'm sorry, for the smaller yeah, sensors. Yeah, uh -huh. And it works beautifully for full frame because you don't sure. have to worry about the the exact size you don't just just brush where you need to brush and, and it works right. out fine yep when you're doing that though with those brushes i had previously mentioned and i found this to be a usually has been a bigger problem with nikon cameras although you can certainly have the problem with any manufacturer but if you get that bristle off the edge too far into that area off the imaging area then you're potentially going to pick up some of the the adhesive, some of the grime, some of the whatever on the edge, and you can bring that across. So that's another place to be careful. Now, if you do that, I've done it. It's totally workable. You can clean it off. It just means you have more work for yourself. So it's just one thing to say, don't let it go 
all the way off the edge. And I'm talking way off the edge. This isn't something where, because as you're looking into the sensor, you can see where those pixels are and you, the color changes when you're off the edge. That initial color change, you're no problem. It's when you go even further off of that. That's where you have problem. And it's usually underneath a little a little um, holder type device. How do I, you know, it's like this little thing that's coming on top of the glass. Um, but there's like a, there's, there's usually a little gap that the bristles can kind of squeeze underneath it. That's usually the, the problem area if, if you have that little gap. Some cameras don't have it. Some cameras do. So it just depends on the design of your camera. So if the, once you take a, a swipe with the Arctic butterfly or the manual brush, you pull it out with the Arctic butterfly, you flip the switch and that will cause the brush to spin. And so that ejects the dust off the bristles, hopefully. And then it will add a little bit of static electricity to the bristles. And then you can attack it again and you can go and brush again. And if you're on a manual brush, just take your rocket blower and just squirt it with air, you know, holding it away from the camera. And definitely with the Arctic butterfly, you're moving it away from the camera so that dust doesn't get launched right back into the sensor chamber. And then you inspect it again with the scope and you go back and forth as many times as it takes to clear out the dust. Now, there's one thing that I've learned, too. It can depend on the angle at which you're holding those bristles. So normally you might think, you know, if I'm going to sweep it, the bristles are pointed away from the direction in which I'm moving the item across the sensor. But if you have a piece of dust that's pretty well caught on there, I'll take it and I'll just kind of go stabbing it with the bristles, the very tips of the bristles, and I'll be going against the grain of it, so to speak. So I'm pushing it against those bristles rather than dragging the bristles across. I'm pushing those bristles across and that can usually loosen up those, those tough pieces of dust. And, but that's also where the bristles will then spread out and you have problems with getting it into those areas where you're going to get it dirty. Again, you get those bristles dirty and that's just, bad news if you do that incidentally if you do that spray on a standard microfiber cloth spray your lens cleaner on it and then dab your bristles in that several times uh, on your cloth to to clean it off and then let it air dry for several hours and then come back at it and start your cleaning process again if that still doesn't get it off that brush still doesn't get it off you increase it to the next level and that is to use your sensor clear by lens pen that has a tiny little head you just dab it on there you kind of squidgy it around a little bit to to wiggle it around while it's on the surface of the sensor and then you pick it back up you put the cap on there you twist it to clean it and recharge it and get it ready for the next uh the next cleaning the next session or whatever you want to call it but before i do that i'll definitely check it with that sensor scope every time And the problem with this device, the sensor clear, is it leaves a massive amount of its own dust behind, especially when it's brand new, because whatever that compound is, that's a cleaning compound, it's really heavy. It's really on there. And so I'll then need to take a brush and clean that part off. And so it's just a lot of back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, if all else fails, you got to go with a swab. Right. So, Jeff, have you? How many times have you had to swab, or do you always do the swab when you clean? I've really only had to do it once. Nice. Somehow, and it wasn't my camera; I was helping a friend. 
they I don't know how they don't know how they they, they do either. They got some kind of liquid inside. Yeah, um, maybe it was condensation. I don't know, but they they could not get it off. They, yep. We tried all kinds of things and we couldn't get it off. So I finally had to go to the swab and uh, and wipe it down. But it was easy One, with right. the swab. No big deal. It was, and they were amazed too. Like, okay, that was way easier than I expected. They were super nervous. Like, oh gosh, is this camera going to be okay when we do this? Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, we just got the swab out and I, it was only like, you know, one or two little passes over the top of it, checking it out again. I'm like, oh, good. It's all gone. We're good. And, uh, they were so relieved and it was great. Nice. Yeah. So with the swab, you do want to get the one that's sized for your sensor, either the crop sensor or the full frame. And, I, I, literally, I haven't seen if there's any for the um, Micro Four Thirds size. I imagine there is. But anyway, yeah. um, so what you want to do with that, you take the, the sensor liquid and you dab a few dots, uh, you know, drops of liquid onto your swab. Usually for a full frame, I depending on the size of, you know, how aggressive I'm squeezing, it's between three and four, three and four drops. It should only be three, but if, I, if for some reason I got a really small, tiny drop, then I do a fourth one. But you can take a look at it. You can see how much it's uh, soaking into that piece of fabric that's on your that's on your swab. And then when you dip it down in there, you just start at one end and you sweep as much of a clean motion across as possible. But that, but think too for yourself that side of it you shouldn't use again. That's kind of a, a being careful, best practice kind of a thing. You can flip it over and use that side again, the other side because you haven't done that side yet. But if you do pick anything up and that's embedded, that little dust or whatever is embedded in your in your fabric that's on that swab, you don't want to be scraping that across the sensor glass again. So you flip it over and you swipe it again and then you throw that part away. If you need to do it again, you get another swab. That's my advice anyway. Do you, so I've, I've actually avoided putting even the liquid stuff on. I try it without the liquid stuff first, just see if I can, fix it in the case the, the story i just told with the the friend of mine i helped with that's all i did was dry swab went across the sensor and it totally took it off without needing the cleaner uh is, do you think that's a good thing to do is try it dry first and then if you need like it, it's still not coming off then go to the cleaner or just go straight to the cleaner i would say it depends on the nature i've never done it dry myself but you were saying it looked like a water spot and yeah. I definitely, that's usually the problem that I have is water spots. So it's got to be some kind of condensation that going from outdoors to indoors, somehow that was uneven, or maybe I changed lenses too soon or something like that. Right. And so some condensation started happening and that can be the toughest thing to clean off with a brush and the, and even the lens pen, the essential clear lens pen item. But the, definitely the, the swab takes care of it, but I've also had some liquids not take care of it at all. So that's why I have both the blue and the green liquids. When I'm cleaning and the liquid does no good, I switch liquids. And then gotcha. it just depends on the nature of what is causing the the smudge. The you know, is it dust that's just literally stuck on there? Because if it's a piece of dust, I definitely want the moisture in there. It'll help loosen up the dust and it helps it soak into the fabric. Whereas if it's just a dry piece of fabric uh, okay. and I can see it's dust that's not moving anywhere, that's just going to scrape across the surface. If it's it. if it's a water spot, like you're saying, I could see the dry working fine. Yeah. Okay. But, but if it's not being, if it's a water spot and it's not being picked up by that sensor clear, I get it. 
I get a little nervous, I guess, because a sensor clear should be able to pick up a, I would think it'd be able to pick up a water spot. Yeah. But that's yeah. where the, the liquid helps. It just makes the, the water spot, you know, obliterated and it just soaks it up and it, and it goes away. Perfect. All right. And that's pretty much it. So the thing about it is though, it's a back and forth. It's, you know, take it to one step. We got the, the, the blower. Did that work or not? Then you go to the brush. Did that work or not? Then you go to the sensor clear. Did that work or not? Then you go to the, uh, the sensor swab. And then I'll usually find myself backing away from that. So if I go full sensor swab, I don't usually need to do sensor clear. But sometimes I do because sometimes even the swab leaves its own streak. Right. And a sensor clear takes it away. Right. So it's a working backwards then. So we've got to the point to where the sensor swab is going at it. And then we come back at it with sensor clear. Well, the sensor clear leaves its own dust behind, which can be taken away by the brush, which then everything's clean and everything's back to basically like brand new. Perfect. And that's it. And they can do it. And they can do it. it. (laughs) They can do it. We'd love to have people share their stories uh, in the Facebook group. uh, If that's something that uh, you're going to tackle for yourself, uh, would love to to see you do that. I think it's... um, it's, it's definitely doable and uh, look forward to, to seeing how people are doing this. So as we wrap this show up this week, we're actually going to, I think, skip the doodads because we're just going to include a bunch of links for these items in the show notes. So uh, rather than just focus on any, any other items and really overload you, we're just going to stick with uh, all these different tools. And please know you're going to find other recommendations like the ones from Delkin devices and stuff like that. If that's something you want to do, uh, you know, you're going to be fine with those items. Uh, the only thing I would, you know, be careful of is that sensor brush. I have used the cheap ones. And by cheap, I mean the, the motorized type of brush that's like $30. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You want to go with the more expensive one or just get the manual brush uh, for right. yourself. That's the only one that I really say that's where you don't want to... To, that, that's where you do want to worry a little bit about the, the exact items that we're kind of recommending there. All right, we have some reminders for you. The masterphotographypodcast.com. Masterphotographypodcast.com. That is the home for the show where you can get the show notes and uh, other items there. We've got, of course, the Facebook group, and we do need you to answer one question. That is to name a host of the show. It's interesting how many people, at least half the people that ask, will either say nothing or they'll say, I'm going to listen to the show now. We really want you to answer that so we know we've got genuine listeners coming in. So, uh, you know, Brent or Jeff, Connor, Erica, Brian, or any recent guests we've had, those all work. And so uh, just type that in as a one question to get in the Facebook group if that's your desire. There's over 8,000 people in that group, so that's an amazing, awesome group to, to just share all different extra things about what's on the podcast and other items like that. So, Jeff, where can they find you? You can see my work at jsharmanphotos.com. Uh, I'd love to have you go check out the other podcast I do, phototacklepodcast.com. Uh, and then I will have the, the links to my Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook in the show notes. Awesome. And you can find my stuff over at my main website, which is just my name, brentbergherm.com. And then I've got basic things, you know, Instagram as well, YouTube, a couple of groups there on Facebook for Latitude or my courses or anything like that. So uh, 
just search my name and, and I'm sure you'll find me. But like Jeff said, for his, there will be links in the show notes for mine as well. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for, for being on this show with me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. And listeners, thank you so much for being here. We really do appreciate everything that uh, you do for us as far as giving us feedback, keeping us going. Uh, you know, give us some uh, give us some criticism, give us some kudos, whatever it is you uh, feel impressed to do. We're always interested in learning how you guys are doing in mastering your photography. This is a great journey to be on, and we will see you here again in another seven days. 